Thank you, guys. So fun. I've been coming to Windward since its beginning, and I just love when you have the privilege of traveling and watching churches grow and the development, and I, I feel so good about what God's doing with many of you. I know many of you represent different churches, but I was just thinking about that before Brent called me up. I want to offer you some keys. I want to talk about four different personality, uh, four different prophetic personality types. So if you're taking notes, today would be a good one to do notes. Four different prophetic personality types. One of my uh, greatest privileges as of recently has been mentoring people that feel like they have the call of God to be a prophet. And um, there's a difference, and I teach this quite a bit, between having the gift of prophecy and the Ephesians 4 calling to be a prophet. Let me, let me explain to you one of the things I believe. We have to stir up the gift of prophecy. Prophets have to learn how to turn off the gift of prophecy. So right now, if we're going to do an activation, and I said, okay, we're going to bring somebody up and have them, uh, we're going to pray for them, you'll see the gift of prophecy people, they'll start stirring up their spirit, man, their hand will go up right away, they'll have a word, but the prophet already got a word for the person, they walked by them, they went into an open vision, they already saw, they already felt, as, a, as a Ephesians 4 function of the prophet, I want you to imagine five different jars here of oil, and God dips the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, the teacher, in that jar of oil, they have grace not only to demonstrate those giftings, but also to impart those giftings. So for me, I'm passionate about seeing every person in the room to grow in a greater level, not just in the prophetic ministry, but in hearing the voice of God. Amen? That's a part of your inheritance. You know, I, I, a lot of people when I travel, they, they say things to me like, you know, Ivan, I don't feel like I hear God's voice. Well, you are hearing the voice of God, whether you realize it or not. Even denominations and, and teachings that don't believe that Christians can hear the voice of God, guess what? God is still speaking to them. They just wouldn't call it the voice of God. They'd say, you know, the scripture really spoke to me today, or I had this sense. God is speaking. My sheep hear my voice, the voice of a stranger, I'll not, I'll not follow. So God is speaking to his people. But those of us that are really going after this thing... Uh, we want to learn, you know, teach me how to hear God's voice. Teach me how to press in for encounter. And so let's, let's go into that a little bit. I, I can talk about more of the prophet stuff later, but four different personality types. Number one, the seer. So write these down. The seer, feeler, the knower, and the, uh, I think they say four already? Hearer, the hearer, sorry. So the seer the feeler, the knower, and the hearer. And many of us operate on many different types, like not just one of these, okay? And uh, people always ask that question, you know. Well, can I be more than one? Sure you can. This is just to kind of simplify it so that people can understand how these different, uh, I call it personality types, work. Because there's a really interesting dynamic. I'll start off with the seer because last night, as I'm sharing things with you, about my encounters with the Lord, the seer, the seer dimension is so fun, and it's, for me, my, my most favorite way to engage the prophetic. It's the ability to actually 
have encounters with Jesus. Now, we're all called to have encounters with Jesus. But I have, Romans chapter 6, I have yielded my eyes, my members under righteousness. I want to take what I see very seriously because I've asked God to open my eyes to see. For years I prayed Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 19. Enlighten the eyes of my heart. I want to see in the spirit. When I first got saved and I was around all the prophets, I would sit in the front row or wherever I was sitting, and I, I would hear people say things like, I saw in the spirit. So I would just look around. And I looked like a crazy man, but it was childlike faith looking to see what God would say to me. And that's actually found in Habakkuk. That, that story is so intriguing to me. It says this, Habakkuk went up to the watchtower to his rampart, and he looked to see what God would say to him. It's interesting. He looked with his eyes to hear a word from the Lord. See, we always talk about hearing God, hearing God, hearing God, and that's why a lot of people don't feel like they hear God because they don't hear voices. And a lot of you, right, as soon as you enter into worship, boom, you're having pictures. You know, Justin had that encounter with the river. I had recently an encounter with the river as well. And I was standing... I have these visionary experiences, and I, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. And so, like, okay, so let's take Justin. Let's this little family gathering, okay? I want to equip. Let's take Justin's experience. He's in worship. He has a picture of a river. He's got the authority to release the word. He releases the word. So as a prophetic minister, I will often get prophetic words for the people I'm ministering to. But then what I do when I'm at home is I'll go back into that experience, so Justin, you've been given a key to the river. He has access now to that place in the realm of the spirit that God showed him. And so I had this experience where I saw myself standing, looking at a river bed like this. And I could see where the water didn't cover the rocks and I could see the crevices and I could, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, this is where a lot of my people are standing. Since they're standing on the outside of my presence, they're looking in and criticizing everything. He said, I'm just asking you to jump in. Just jump in. How many of you are aware that if we navel gaze, we're going to find a problem? Or if we just look to criticize one another, we're going to find problems. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect husband. There's no perfect wife. No perfect kids. Jesus is the only thing perfect. And so in this experience, I jump in. I'm in my imagination. This is really, really important. Your imagination is neither good nor bad. It just is. What makes it good or bad is how you use it. Some of your little, some of your children, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I had this experience, and they start sharing with you about their imagination, and oh, be careful. No, I, t I, I engage my kids, and I'll say, tell me what you saw. T tell me more about that. And we'll start talking, and I'll start sharing them, and I will take what they're talking about in their imagination, and I'll shift it towards Jesus. Now, so you know what I want you to do? I want you right now, there's a verse in Psalms 23 that he makes me lie down. Go in there. Go into that verse in your imagination. Because kids are, we're day, you know, I'm still a daydreamer. Many of us are like that. We're daydreaming. Start to yield your imagination under righteousness. If you don't believe in the power of the imagination, then you haven't understood that verse that said that lusting after a woman in your heart is like the act of adultery. 
Guess what that means? The imagination is powerful. It's, your thought life is very important to God. And so for me, a lot of my experiences, if I sense or feel something, I will go back into there with the presence of the Lord. I've been here before I was ever here all last week. As I'm preparing my heart to come to this conference, I've been to this building before. I imagine myself standing in the back of the building and feeling the atmosphere. I'm here. Now, whether I'm being translated, I'm preparing myself to do it. (laughs) In my heart, my heart, my mind, my senses are all fully engaged. When When people ask me to get words for their churches and I'm not there, or words for nations, or words for family, I want to help you. How do you get a prophetic word for a nation? Like, how do you do that? Well, for me, what I'll do is I'll take my my mind, my heart, my being, and I'll begin to focus on something that's like maybe a pastor that's there, maybe their flag, and I'll begin to see in my spirit so that I have a focal point in which to pray on. Are you with me? Now we're not just talking about level one prophecy. When you see something. No, come on. I'm trying to get us to grow in understanding you know, as soon as I walked into Vancouver, as soon as I land, boom, I said, God, I'm in Canada now. What do you want to say to me? And all of a sudden, I start feeling the healing grace. I'm like, okay, God, Canada has a redemptive gift of healing for the nations. That's what Canada, I believe that. You carry the peace leaf. However, you're, you're sending all your peacekeepers. <laughs> They're all leaving. God's going to raise up from within and I believe that you're going to have miracle workers and prophets and mystics and it's, it's all going to be birthed here and stay here. Because you need it. Are you with me? And so, I, so for me, it's yielding my members under righteousness. Right now, specifically talking about the seer dimension. So in this encounter, I jump in the river and the river turns, it's liquid honey. I am swimming in a liquid honey river. And I'm getting healed. I'm having this experience where as that honey passes over me, it's healing my heart, and I'm just, you just got to go with the river. You don't swim upstream. You just go with the river of God. And, and there's so much in these encounters that the Lord is teaching us. They're so fun, but when you understand that some of us are actually resisting the will of God. Let me, let me, just, let me just give you a few um, Ways that we resist the will of God. Let's say God positioned you at a church that you're in right now. You're in a new church or something like that. And then you show up and then you're like, oh, I know every way I could make this church better. I must be here to change the church. I can guarantee that's not why you're there. I can guarantee you're there because they do things differently that you need. I believe that. Not saying that you can't learn from one another, but I would never walk into your home and say, why in the world do you have the refrigerator there? You're going to be like, you're not going to invite back to my house. So we have to learn how to yield to the Spirit and say, you got me in a season right now, God, where I'm being very triggered. I'm here to change people. No, you're not. You're here to be changed. And those people may or may not ever change those things that bother you. But you learn to just flow in the river. I'm telling you, some of us are high D's, right? Determined, driven. I've seen so many high D people put in churches where they're just having to sit down and they're in the front row and they're like, 
And that's the Lord saying, I want you to sit there and be quiet. Well, God would never do that. Then you don't know the Lord. (laughs) He will absolutely do that to teach you that it's not about you. I want to share something. I'm going a little bit off and I'll pull myself back. It was from the, um, I believe it was the Latter Rain Movement, which would have been, you know, North Battleford, Saskatchewan, where it was started here in Canada. And I'm trying to think of the man's name. It'll come to me. Uh, Sorry, Braxton or something. Anyway, this prophet had a vision. And in this interactive vision, he saw two horses. And And both of these horses were in the stall. And the one horse says, I want freedom. Look at all the green grass and the rivers and the mountains. I want to be free. So the horse leaps over the fence and it goes out and it's exploring its freedom. And it comes back to this other horse and the horse is still in the manger. It's still in the stall rather. Come on out. There's hills and mountains and there's water and there's all these things to do out there. And this horse is like, no, I'm supposed to stay here. But he's getting a little jealous of this other horse because he's so free. Finally, there's a famine in the land. And those waters start to dry up and the weather starts to change. And and now this horse comes back for shelter and finds this other horse to be healthy, to be protected, and the king's saddle being placed on it. Sometimes you're in a season where you're watching everybody around you Operate in their freedom. And you feel like the Spirit of God is saying, nope, 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 nope. And it's so hard because we believe in grace and we believe in the new covenant and we believe in freedom. But there are seasons where the Lord is saying, I'm trying to make you meek. Like last night, remember I read that about the horses, the war horses? The war horses don't have to be kicked. They don't have to be bridled. They can be led without the muzzle. And so for some of us, it's learning that not everything is going to happen the way we want it to happen. But we trust in the Lord. I'm preaching to myself. This is very much my personality. Remember the story of Peter, right? Man, if we could just help Jesus. (laughs) If I could just help you, Lord. That was Judas' problem. I'm going to put you in a situation where you can show off your God powers and then you can be the king. That's what was going on there. That was the, the, the zealots. They wanted to overthrow the government and put Jesus as king, right? And so Peter, they come to get him. What does he do? He takes the sword into his own hands, and he's going to help Jesus. And he cuts the guy's ear off. I don't think he was aiming for the guy's ear. I think he was aiming for his head. Peter was trying to kill him. Who knows? The guy comes, cuts his ear off, and Jesus is like, do you think I need your help? Picks up his ear, I love this story, and puts it back. And those of us with my personality that want to help Jesus, you will find yourself in seasons where the people around you are not asking for your help. And you can, maybe you have, I have so many people in the church I lead that are 100% more qualified to lead than me. 100%. You know the difference is? God chose me. Sometimes that's the only difference. Be careful with the, I had this, I had a dream and it really shook me to the core. And the Lord spoke to me, said, Korah's rebellion. It's like, Korah's rebellion. And I searched it. And Korah's rebellion 
It talks about where the people start saying, specifically Korah, saying, how come Moses is the one that whenever he says something, we follow him? Like, we all have leadership, right? We all have the Holy Spirit. We are the church. We are the fivefold. We can do it. I mean, I hear this everywhere I go. Remember that? And Moses is like, gosh, you want to take this responsibility of leading a nation? Man, the only reason why I'm doing it is because he called me to. And you guys remember the story. It's take the rod, put it in the ark of the presence, the one that's budded in almond. That's the one that was chosen. And so there's a measure of this journey that we're on that's not about your gifts or who's the most gifted. Sometimes it's just the one who's called in that season. So the river to me speaks so much. When he's talking about the river, I'm like, I know that. Because <laughs> I'm in there trying to swim faster than the current. Right? I'm the guy that's like, how come the river's turning right now? It should be going left. I'm that guy. But when I was in that liquid honey river, I found myself in peace, trusting that God was bringing me somewhere without me having to force myself there. Are you with me? I believe that was very prophetic. So for some of you that you see in the spirit, the beautiful thing about the seer dimension is you see some really cool stuff. The hard part about a seer's is that the interpretation doesn't always come right away. <laughs> and so in the early days of seeing, you're like, I saw an orange over you. They're like, what's it mean? I don't know. You're fruity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of times, for those of you that are seers, the seer dimension operates a little bit differently than some of the other realms, right? My wife is an amazing seer, strong level of discerning of spirits. I can operate, I, I can operate in a lot of different dimensions because this is what I do every day. I live in churches. So this is what I do all the time. So for me, I've learned. Seer gift's not operating, I'll operate in the feeler. Uh, feeler's not operating, you'll see me tasting. I've learned how to access all my senses. That's Hebrews 5.14. By reason of use, you can access your senses. Are you, are you there? I don't believe, well, I just don't get anything from the Lord. Really? Probably because you're trying to hear one way. I'm feeling, sensing, hearing, seeing. I'm looking around the room for the feelers. So, so those of you that are seers, the challenge at times is, for you, your gifting is very, connect, very much connected to presence and atmosphere. Seers start to see in the, in the presence of God. As soon as there's worship, you're like, oh, there he is. So seers in worship, okay? Let me see what else. The, other, the down part of some of the seers is that we're very visionary, very big picture. And some of the things that you're seeing may not happen right now. But when you see it, it's as if it's going to happen right now. So the seer dimension, you have to work on interpretation. You also have to work strongly on timing. Is that helpful? I want to move through these. The next thing let's talk about is the feelers. I love the feelers. I feel, but not like some of you. In my church, when I'm not getting anything, I look for the feelers in the room. What are the feelers? They're the ones that go, oh! The feelers, the feelers are the most... Um, what, what's the word? Like the church, like 
most churches are like, I wish they wouldn't do that. And I'm, I'm going, I love it when they do that because I know when God's moving. Now, God, theologically, the Holy Spirit is always moving. You, you know what I mean. But I, I'm always trying to sense what God is doing. And, there's, and then, just hear my heart, hear, hear like a young dad's heart. Many of us that have been a part of the renewal, there's learned behaviors where you can feel the presence of God and you're like, oh, oh. You're like, what's going on with the light? I don't know. I started doing this in the 80s and I just, no, no, don't, don't do that. Don't fake manifestations because that kind of ruins it, right? But the feelers, I see them as almost like, like the, Bill Johnson shares a story about the hunting dogs, right? And the hunting dog that catches the smell of the prey and points. To me, that's the prophetic feeler. All of a sudden, I'll be in the front. Father God, I feel like we're hitting a wall, Lord. Lord, I'm asking for this wall to come down. I'm asking for a breakthrough. I'll look over and see one of my seers go, whoa, and I'll go, yes! Because <laughs> I have feelers that I really trust. Now, for a prophetic feeler, a lot of them don't like going whoa and hey and chew. It's actually, it's actually embarrassing for them. They, they feel embarrassed. And it's not always the manifestations because I, you know, I've gone after this hard in certain places. Because of the way I am as a person, I am very emotional. T.D. Jakes calls them he-motions. <laughs> and I love my emotions. And I've had people in the past say, well, you know, we don't want to go by our emotions. I understand the sentiment. I understand that we don't want to live a life based on how we feel. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about surrendering your emotions to the Holy Spirit because God is emotional. And I've had so many significant encounters. I mean, I can tell you, I can tell you so many encounters, even just last Sunday, where, where all of a sudden I'm in worship and I feel, I start feeling my heart go out to this particular person. And I start feeling it. And so I go, man, I Lord, I'm, and then I start, so that feel leads me to pray. As I'm praying, I see a picture. You see how that worked? I'm mentoring you. I felt something. Some people feel and then they stop. I don't know, I just feel something. Why'd you stop? That was an invitation to an encounter with the Lord. So I will feel something. Man, I really feel this. And since I'm an external processor, sometimes I'm like, I feel, I don't know what to say. Like, and people are like, this guy's a wacko. But I'll continue to press in until all of a sudden I see this vision of this guy I know. Lord says he's in a church, and the, the, I saw a prophet's mantle hanging up. And the Lord said, I want you to tell this guy that the church that he's a part of, they, they've hung up the prophet's mantle, they need to put it back on. And so I go to pick up my phone, and he ready to text me. He says, are you stalking me? I was like, are you stalking? What the heck? We're on the same wavelength in the spirit. Isn't that cool? I, I'm not, but the thing is, is that I have so many stories like that. I can, and, it, and it almost sounds like you're bragging. It's not. It's called supernaturally natural. What I don't want to happen is people to go, you're so cool. <laughs> there is a difference. I'm not better than anyone in the room. I'm not smarter than anyone in the room. I do this for a living. Please do not compare the level of my gifting as an itinerant prophetic minister 
and as somebody that pastors a church and lives in churches to you and your job and your family. I do this all the time. And I hate it when people say things to me like, you know, I just I see how you operate in the prophetic. And I go, hold on a second. You can, what do you do for a living? Well, I work and I, yeah, you know what I do for a living? This. This is what I do. I go places, I see, I feel, I sense, I prophesy. Businessmen contact me, they call me up, they ask me what's going on. This is what I do. Are you tracking? Don't compare yourself to Brent, to Kevin, to me, to whoever your favorite prophetic minister is. What we're called to do is teach and navigate and train and encourage you. So the prophetic feelers, I, I have some notes here. It's fun. I, I love the feelers, but a huge part of it is this. It's Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. And some of you, you actually feel the emotions of God. You'll feel the heart of God. Now, if you feel sadness, anger, whatever, don't stop there. This is <laughs> the invitation. Are you tracking with me? You're being invited for clarity. With all of these levels that I'm talking about, these keys that I'm talking about, not, in a sense, they're just invitations. They're just keys that unlock a bigger door. All right, prophetic feelers <laughs> interrupted throughout the day I have here. Here's the downfall of the prophetic feeler. Here's your downfall. Ready? Not everybody is feeling what you're feeling. And, and those of you in your churches, if you have, you know, fivefold pastors or maybe, maybe apostles that are leading the church and you're a feeler, I, I want to help you because prophetic people that are very sensitive to the spirit realm they also are very sensitive emotionally at times because it's hard to disconnect. Musicians, prophets, poets, they're very creatives. They're very sensitive, right? Some of you are like, I'm not sensitive. Yeah, yeah, you're sen you are. You're very sensitive. I'm, I'm identifying myself as a very sensitive person. <laughs> and the hard part is, you know, you go up to whoever's leading and you're like, I just feel all my feeling words. And they're like, I didn't feel any of that stuff. And you learning how not to get offended. Because you probably weren't supposed to tell them all your feeling words. You were probably supposed to go deeper with your feeling words and get the word of the Lord. Am I helping anybody? I wish somebody would have taught me this stuff. <laughs> the hearer. Um, hearer, still small voice throughout the day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the hearer, this is what you're like, and I, again, I, I identify with this one as well. If you catch me alone, you'll catch me going, okay, okay, okay. You're like, are you talking to yourself? No, I'm talking to the Lord. I am always having conversations with God. Sometimes I forget I'm doing it out loud in the supermarket. Anybody like this? Right now I'm in transition with my office. And so I'm always out like in my front yard. I'm like. And I look all intense because I'm talking to the Lord. I'm like. People drive by and I'm like. Or I'm in my car and I'm like. And somebody will be like. And I'm like. And I've had people say, who are you talking to? I, 
Are you on the phone all the time? No, I'm talking to the Lord. And, and you might say to me, well, come on, Ivan, nobody hears God like that. But what's your expectations of hearing God? I really do believe that God's in heaven, and he's not lonely or insecure, but he loves talking. Some people think God's up there, and he's like, I don't want to talk to anybody, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so those of you that are hearers, you know what your downfall is? Not everybody wants to hear everything that you're hearing. <laughs> the downfall of the hearer is not everybody wants to hear what you're hearing. The hearer at times can make people feel less than. Because you're like, you know what the Lord said to me this morning? <laughs> he told me this. And that person's like, wow, I was up early this morning. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> and then you're like, I was driving in my car. And you know what I heard the Lord say? And they just, they're just like hearing, 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 hearing. <laughs> and then everybody around you hates you. And then you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and being a hearer, how many of you know God doesn't always like speak when you're asking him? Sometimes he speaks in like just the middle of the day, you're doing something, you're like, mm -hmm. he'll interrupt your day. All my hearers. Feelers, seers, hearers. Okay, the last is the knowers. The knower gift, I got a verse for you, Job 38, 36. Who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind? There are those of you here that you know that you know that you know, and you don't know why you know, you just know. And you know, I just know. I know this is going to happen. How do you know? I just know. The challenge with the knower is that they tend to appear like they know it all. Because the feeler is saying, what do you mean this is going to happen? I just know. Well, what do you feel? I don't feel, I just know. And the seer is like, did you see something? Nope, I just know. And the hearer is like, what would you hear? I just know. I just know that I know that I know. This is what's going to happen. And guess what? It does. That knower dimension, if I wanted to expound and take more time, I would probably connect it a little bit with those that are operating out of the mind of Christ. It's just thoughts that just, not even thoughts sometimes. It's just, aha. It's that cartoon where the light bulb goes over your head. The hard part with the knowers is it's very hard for knowers to explain their process. Are you with me? So if you have a knower on your leadership team, a knower at your job, a knower in your family, and they're like, here's what's going to happen. And you're like, wow, <laughs> you sounded so confident it was almost arrogant. How do you know that's going to happen? I just know. Can you explain to me how you know? No, I just know. So with the knowers, <laughs> it's the challenge of explaining your process. But there is a process. Our, is, you, know, you know, we operate in different ones of these. These are some of the personalities, I, I would call them. For me, what I've been really working on doing is learning how, like my favorite is the seer dimension. Like, I've been having so much fun, but I put myself out there. Let me explain what I mean by that. I talked to you already about how I pray for churches that I go to. Um, you know, uh, before I'm in, in my pre-service prayer time, I'll close my eyes and I'll imagine myself standing in the sanctuary. And I'll just fix my gaze, I'm in the sanctuary. And I'll say, Lord, what are you doing in the sanctuary? What are you doing among your people? 
I'll see somebody walk by. I'll go over to them. I'll feel their pain. I'm partnering my imagination with Jesus. Are you with me? Even as I was teaching last night, I want you to understand there is a component to you participating with the Holy Spirit. Not everything is him just dropping a revelation in your heart. He'll drop the revelation in your heart, but then what do you do with it? Oh, I love to take it and just keep going and go deeper and go deeper and go deeper and go deeper. So the things that I didn't talk about was taste. The feeler and touch are very similar. You know, again, the feelers are like, did you feel that? My hands got hot. Do you need the air conditioner on? That's not what I'm saying. There's healing in the room. How do you know? Because I feel it. Right? <laughs> we sound so weird, don't we, huh? <laughs> God wants to remove what's called dualism. Gnostic dualism is the divide between the natural and the supernatural. And when you can learn to operate as a spirit being, which is what you are, in the natural world, then when you walk by people, you don't have to pray in tongues for 30 minutes. You walk by them and you stop and you go, hey, can I talk to you about something? And then you start moving in the spirit. The one that is not the most common is taste. And scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The other is sense of smell. I have had supernatural smells come to me at times where you walk by somebody and you, you know, the smell of apples. You know, when I was getting that download of apples that I shared last night, I started smelling apples. I was like, what is wrong with me? Then I found the verse in Song of Solomon that says his breath smells like apples. It's like, yes. No, your, your voice is like apples. I was like, God's speaking to me. All these things should be so fun. If you're a bored Christian, then you're just going to church and you're just practicing religion. But I, I could sit in a service and just feel and sense and smell. The taste thing is very interesting. I have experienced this, but this is not one that I'm very strong in. I have tasted when I'm praying for people, like metal in my mouth, oftentimes discerning uh, sickness in their body through taste. I know other people that are praying for people, and they're like, I taste honey. You know? So I want to help you grow in your ability to hear the voice of God. How? If you, let's say you're a dreamer. How many of you are dreamers? A lot of you are dreamers. <laughs> you're like, should I raise my hand? Is he going to? Listen, I love dreams. I, ha I woke up to a dream this morning that was very comforting. I do dream. Um, God speaks in dreams. Sometimes, though, not all the time, sometimes, the reason why he's speaking to you in dreams is because your life is so busy you're not taking the time during the day to listen. Not always, sometimes. So dream, but also hear his voice throughout the day. Amen? I want to pray for you, and then I want to, I want to spend some time and, and uh, see what the Lord wants to say. So Father, we thank you right now for just let activation happen. Father, I pray that people would be awakened to the way they hear your voice, through the seer dimension, through the feeler, through the knower, tasting, touching, feeling, and I just want to speak to those of you that feel and say, we need you. That's the one I feel like receives the most 
criticism. And so, Lord, would you just, would you just, uh, those of us that have judged the feeler, we repent. Lord, they're connected to your heart. And for the feelers in the room, I just encourage you as well to learn when it's your feeling and when it's the Lord's. So, Father, we just thank you right now that you just turn the light bulb on for each one of us, Lord. Father, we just thank you. I want to pray for, um, I know her name, and uh, Stacy. Yay, Stacy, we stand, we stand behind her. Lord was really, really impressing you on my heart yesterday. And uh, I just didn't feel like I was supposed to prophesy last night. Lord's been really speaking to me, saying this. You know, I've been, uh, I'm sending you places now as a prophet, not just with a gift of prophecy. And don't let the people just pull on you for a prophetic word. I want you to come and bring the word of the Lord instead of just getting pulled on for prophetic ministry. That's a good, that's a good word because I'm getting older. And it's exhausting when you get... I was just in Mexico, Guadalajara. And, um, you know, culturally there, prophets are like... Like idolized. And uh, so I had to do teachings the entire time on how you can hear God, and you can hear God, and you can hear God, and they still pulled on me, but I'd say, I'm not doing that right now. And then they get their feelings hurt. And, uh, but we need to equip people how to hear the voice of God. If God wants to speak to you. It doesn't have to be from the guy in the front. Yeah? All right, all right. Father, we thank you for Stacy. And the first thing that I heard was, you're doing a good job. You're doing such a good job, and uh, I'm not going to get too prophety, you know, because the gift of prophecy is always just so encouraging, but the prophet will go behind all the walls you're trying to hide and start calling out stuff, so I won't do that to you, okay? See how the room just got quiet? Yeah, we, yeah, I see that stuff. But you're so hard on yourself, and so Lord, I just thank you right now that you've given her such tremendous giftings, Lord, she's such a pillar in what you're doing. And I, I actually saw the Lord extending to you this, um, it was like a, the coals to throw back on the altar of intercession. And so, Father, I thank you right now that there's an invitation, Lord, for just the prophetic and prayer. Lord, I just thank you right now for just the yes in her heart. And Lord, that you've equipped her in this season, Holy Spirit, to carry what you're, what you're putting on her life in the name of Jesus. And I just, I just, whew, I just see the Lord encouraging you, encouraging you, encouraging you until your thoughts begin to encourage you. <laughs> so Lord, we just bless this season in her life. Let it increase. Let the prophetic anointing grow. We bless this family, God, and all that you're doing in their home. And I just declare increase, 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 increase. I believe you're coming into a season of increase. I feel like there's been wisdom that you've been following, even in the realm of your finances. And there's just a promise of God as you've been sowing seeds that there's coming an increase. So we just bless the increase. We bless the wisdom. I see wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation. And the two of you partnering together. And I also see the Lord beginning to speak to you about things that are hobbies that actually are going to begin to um, provide side income for you. So, Lord, we just call for things that are just fun little hobbies. I'm just having fun. But, Lord, that you would open doors for multiple streams of income. So we just bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Holy Spirit. The good thing about doing this type of prophetic ministry 
is it ignites um, faith in people's hearts. And so, so when I go places that don't believe in the prophetic, I have to go with a breaker anointing, with a gift of faith. And I just, uh, and then it opens up. But here, it's so open. And, uh, but I want to encourage you, don't, don't do this prophetically attractive thing. Prophetically attractive is when you start pulling for a word out of your soul. And then what happens is you might get a word that will confirm exactly what your desires are. And it has nothing to do with God saying. See, these are things people don't teach. All the prophets in the back room are talking about this stuff. I'd hear Bobby Connor talk about this, John Paul Jack. Say, how come you don't teach this stuff? Well, the people can't handle it. I believe they can. There is something called being prophetically attractive. Whereas the prophet is ministering and, the, and their heavens are open and people are hungry and pulling, where there's someone in the crowd that's saying, is this person I'm dating supposed to be my husband? And then all of a sudden you go and you feel that and you go, I just feel like the Lord wants me to say this person that you're dating. And you know what? It could be the reading the desire. Mm, come on. So what we have to learn to do isn't pull from the person, but pull from Jesus. It, it, it literally will change the entire atmosphere, and it makes like a clean atmosphere of expectation. The other thing that, that begins to happen when we start moving in the prophetic and the supernatural, and I, I was taught this early on, like when Brent gets up here, you know, and he starts moving in those words of knowledge, I am looking and feeling and sensing and trying to learn, God, how do you operate with him? I'm not going, I hope he has one for me. I have a relationship with God. If he gets one from me, praise God. Please hear me correctly. We all want words. <laughs> like, but I'd rather be the guy given those words. And so, so what I want to encourage you in this little mini family school of the prophets is as I'm moving and operating, start to discern. Start to feel. If I'm praying for someone, you yourself start to try to tap in that spout and go... I saw that too. Are you with me? And now all of a sudden when you leave here, the grace that's on your life starts to, starts to increase. That's why I would love to minister around prophets, not because I wanted a word, but because I would watch how they would see in the spirit. So Lord, we thank you for just that, that, that training mantle that's in the room, God. Lord, people that came out that are really hungry for equipping. I want to pray for you. Well, you guys are together and pray for you too. You've been very highlighted to me this um, You guys can stand <clears throat> then I'm going to get Brent to do some work. Man, he just hasn't done any work this weekend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What's your name? Darren. Darren? Yeah. Daryl. Darren. Darren and Shelly. Father, I thank you for Darren. I thank you for Shelly, God. And Lord, I just, oh man, I just, I want to declare in Jesus' name, I just want to speak to the storm to cease. In Jesus' name. And I thank you now for the winds of change that are blowing. I believe it with everything within me that the winds of change are blowing the sails and you're stepping into a whole new season and a whole new direction of victory and breakthrough. And the Lord would say, you're faithful, you're faithful, you're faithful. And I just see the two of you guys have just been like, you're so faithful and love covers and you've walked with people. And, but I, and I, just, I, just, I just see that the Lord is extending. It's like he trusts you with his broken. So God, I thank you for a grace, an anointing, whatever words that you want to use, to see people restored. I see the Lord uh, raising, especially uh, Shelly, right? 
Shelly, you're discerning of spirits. There's things that have gone on that you have sensed that were off for years. But there's almost being a sense of, well, it can't be like that. And, and I just feel like, like uh, th- there's this thing that happens. I've experienced this in my own life where in the guise of I don't want to be religious, we lower our discernment. Are you with me? You ever experienced that before? Where the Lord is maybe speaking to you and saying, I don't want you to touch an ounce of alcohol. And then somebody teaches a message and says, if you don't drink, you're religious. And you go, I guess I should drink then. But the Spirit of God maybe is telling you not to touch an ounce of alcohol. And so I've experienced that. And, I, and so we have to be careful that we, we, we hold true to the convictions and the discernment that God is speaking, regardless of what anybody's saying. And so, Lord, I just thank you that there is a, a discerning of spirits gift that's in her. And put your hand here. And we just speak healing right now to every place in the name of Jesus. I really do see a strong prophetic call. And as I lay hands, God, I pray, fan the flame. Here's what I feel like. In the midst of whatever it is you're going through, God's asking you to step up as a prophetic voice. It's super hard because you've experienced some of the devastation as well. But in the midst of devastation, biblically, the prophets always came and they spoke to the rebuilding. And I see God giving you a voice that says, rebuild, restore the ancient ruins. Like there's a promise here. So, Lord, we just, whoa. God, is, uh, his heart is so near you guys. And anyway, whatever's going on has affected your own personal finances, your physical health. We just declare right now that the enemy has been, uh, he's been caught. And we declare restore sevenfold. Sevenfold restoration in the name of Jesus. I just saw when Ivan was starting to share, I, I know these guys and working with this whole amazing church of Oak Ridge. But when you guys stood up and Ivan laid hands on you, I saw a huge book and this big page get blown by the wind. And all the writings of the past became memories of testimony for new writings of the new day and new season. That's what I saw. And I have to prophesy the pastoral heart over you. I tell you what. I hadn't seen it like this before on you, but I see it so strong now. And I know the situation. You, you bring together a prophet and a pastor. And I tell you what, mountains get moved. And so, Father, even from this house to the house of Oak Ridge, Lord God, we cry out, Father, that this is a new season. It's a new day. It's a new page. And the book is being written again. But this time... <laughs> It's not being written out of pain. It's going to be written out of joy. It's going to be written out of celebration. It won't be control, but it'll be freedom. And it'll be written with a free pen. I feel like the Lord is handing handing you, Shelley, a pen that's called freedom. And on the feather of the pen, it's called freedom. And I, I see the pen starting to write. Write again, and I know, Shelly, you've written so many songs, but it's not just going to be songs. It's going to be words as music in the ears of God, but it'll be words of prophecy in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we stand with them and we bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. And this whole word 
is going out to all of Oak Ridge. I just want you to know. Because Ivan does not know. I just want you to know. <laughs> He's just calling out in Jesus' name. Uh, whoever's with you guys, could you just stand here very, very quickly? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Yeah. Uh, Stacy, you know, you guys, the Jacksons, you know, Kevin, I don't know if... Um, you know, Mama, Sharon. Or, yeah. I just Any want you guys quickly to stand up here in the front. I really feel like we need to just pray for you guys because, because what I'm feeling in the spirit is like um, a spiritual PTSD. <laughs> and God wants to break that. It, it's actually been hindering decisions. And God, I'm telling you, it's a new day and I feel it. I feel it in my emotions. Um, I'm personally pushing through my own emotions because I... Whatever's going on is so deep and, and so devastating. Would you just stretch forth your hands with us? And we are going to lay hands. And you guys, let's just don't wait for me. Let's just start praying for them. You windward guys, you're trained in the prophetic. Let's just really quickly, we'll minister to many of you here, but let's just take a moment. This is holy, what God is doing. Father, in Jesus' name, as we lay hands on this community, we thank you, Father, that they are real family. That whatever's happened, God, that they have learned to fight for one another. And Lord, in the midst of the ashes, you're raising up a community of hope. Lord, a purpose of truth, of freedom, of light. And God, we just thank you for a lighthouse in the name of Jesus. And there's a mantle that rests upon you of worship, of music, of songwriting, and even a school of worship. And I'm even seeing some one of you, God's already placed within you a studio, like an actual studio to make music. And, and it's, it's songs of hope. And so, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we bless the school of worship. We bless the prophetic God in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you right now. Fathers, we're laying hands on them. We just pray against all shock, trauma, and we just loose in Jesus' name. Ooh, just hope and encouragement. As I'm laying hands on you, I actually feel like a shepherd's heart. And I, I want to speak to you about something. When I laid my hands on you, I, I went into this imagination of, of when Barnabas, he went into the wilderness and he found Paul. And, and if it wasn't for Barnabas finding Paul, who was in the wilderness for 14 years, we wouldn't have Paul. As I laid hands on you, I felt like I'm Barnabas today. And that I'm supposed to call you out. That there is a ministry and a calling on your life. And there's something in your heart that says, I just want to, I don't even want to do this anymore. Is it even worth it? And be, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And there's something that's on your life that's a message, that's a grace, that's on your life that the church needs. And not just the, your fellowship, but the larger body of Christ. And so, Lord, and, and it's, you know, God's timing. But I just really feel like it's time to... Maybe you're not in hiding in the sense in the natural, but in your heart, there's a desire to quit. And I'm just here to say, you could choose to do that. I sure hope you don't because we need you. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for just awakening that's taking place in the name of Jesus. I see your prayers have gone up, and it's like the bowls of heaven are so full just because of your prayers. And there's children. There's children that are in your own quiver that God is going to turn back around. It's like arrows that have gone a little off. 
and I see them just dead on hitting the bullseye. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you to continue to pray. Yeah. But God has heard your prayers, and I see your children just embracing Jesus. And so, Lord, I thank you right now for the spirit of truth. Lord, we just thank you right now. Holy Spirit, yeah. Ooh, increase, God. Ooh, fresh anointing. Thank you, God. 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 Yeah, we declare blessing, 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 blessing. Ooh, Father, increase, 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 increase. Ooh. Lord, as we lay hands, as we pray, as we prophesy, we just, we just right now in the Spirit, we're just removing all discouragement. And we just pray energy of the Holy Spirit. Energy, Lord, life quickening. Do you two have, you guys are married, are you holding hands? Do you have children? All right, do you want? No? Okay, we don't have to pray now out loud. So we just bless Father this couple right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We just bless, 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 bless. I'll let Brent be a papa and pray and do it. Jesus. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Lord, we just thank you for this community of people. You guys can be seated. You guys can lay on the floor. You can do whatever you feel like you need to do, but I really felt like we're supposed to do that. I want to pray for you, sir. Uh, are you guys together? You know this guy? Oh. Are you with these guys? Do you want to come up with them? Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, man, I'm still st- stuck over there. <laughs> Lord, we bless Iken. What's your name? Courtney Ann? Oh, I love that name. Father, we bless this family in the name of Jesus. And I I saw something. I'm just going to share what I saw with you. And you can beat me up later if you want or whatever. But I saw you had in your hands a stack of blueprints. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, I'll take those. And you're like, what? This is like everything I've ever learned. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you a whole new blueprint. It's like he brought Moses up on the mountain and he showed him the heavenly tabernacle. And you had man's blueprints with God in it. But I see God calling you. In this season, there's a divine pause. This is a season of a divine pause. It's like in the Psalms, it's a Selah. And a lot of it is about this heavenly blueprint that God wants to do. And I see even as your family, um, you know, I'm sure it's okay to say like a blended family. I thank you, God, that you've called this couple to see even a reconciliation within races. I, I do, I feel there's a grace upon you that God will begin to use your voice and even your story to bring healing. And so, Lord, I thank you right now that there will be, uh, I, 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 I've seen you here. I'm going to assume that this is where you're a part of now. Um, this is a, a safe place for you. It's a place to be home and to put your feet up. It's not a place to work. I just really feel that, but, but there'll be places where he's going to send you to work. 
and you're going to be working with leaders behind the scenes. And so, God, I thank you in the name of Jesus. And I don't know if what, what your, what your uh, background is, but it's almost like, it's like a, a doctorate of something. There's something of, of a wealth of knowledge that God is giving you. So, Lord, I thank you that you're not going to uh, waste that knowledge. But this is a divine pause. It's a Selah. So, Lord, we just speak right now refreshing and strengthening over this family. And we thank you for Courtney, God. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for that worshiping warrior that you've called her to be. And I see the Lord, and he's touching your voice box. And there's something of a restoration of your, of your voice. So, Lord, we just thank you right now for the lioness that she is. Mm. Whew. Mm. See, th- what I feel for the two of you guys is you're breaking out of, hear, hear me correctly, almost like Saul's armor. <laughs> and so, Lord, we just thank you right now that, that, that you guys needed a season yes. to really just go, Lord, you know what does it look like for us? Mm. So, Father, we just bless, we just bless, we just bless. And we thank you for what you're going to pioneer through this couple. And do season, Lord. We bless them, Father God. What do you think? Pretty good? <laughs> thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Brent, getting anything for anybody else? I'll pray for you real fast and I'll give it. Remind me of your name? Lord, I thank you for Jeremy, God. It's just a lot. I loved it when you know everybody just applauded for you. You know, Jeremy. There's certain things that are easy to prophesy. You know, when I used to mentor these young guys, I would say, "Don't just prophesy what you see on the outside. Try to make them cry." You know. (laughs) You know, go deeper. You know. Because you're dripping with fire. I mean, you, you carry so much of just a revival spirit. And um, it's just all over you. It's, it's, like, it's like I see a mix. You know, Jehu was a bit careless. You know, but he tore down Jezebel. And there is an element of, of this fiery revivalist. But I also was seeing like that Josiah, the reformer, that love for the word. So it's not just reckless prophet. It, there's a love for the word. But what I, I feel like God has given you, you're a gift to this community, but this community has been a gift to you. Because I see your family in this church is so big. You are genuinely adopted by this house. And so, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have placed him in a family where he can be loved and cared for, and provided for, and uh, so Lord, we just thank you right now, that he will never have to just live off a of top ramen, because he's in people's homes, getting taken care of. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I just want to encourage you right now, it's like deeper still, deeper still. What God wants to build through you, isn't a flash in the pan. It's something deep. And there's a, an element of where, you know, it'd be fun to have like 200 young people gathering. I actually see you with three, four, five, six, and you're pouring your life into them. 
And so, God, I thank you for a mentor, a discipler, and someone who you're raising up to be a father to many young men. I also see an extension that God's going to begin to add to your ministry of even young men that have gone through, like, uh, just broken homes. So, Lord, that you would, even, like, preaching in, in, like, juveniles and group homes and that there really will be a connection there. So, Father, we thank you for just that anointing to see bondage broken off of people. In the midst of all your heart for ministry, the Lord is going to add to it a business sense, like an entrepreneurial grace. So, Lord, we just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would begin to just... I have a friend of mine who, who was sleeping on a couch. He wrote a book. He was trying to do itinerant ministry. And um, he was like, God, this is not what I want to do with my life. And the Lord spoke to him. And uh, I forgot what it was, internet marketing or something like that. The guy is now a millionaire. And uh, he funds, you know, ministries. And so, God, I pray for a supernatural download. Just drop something in his heart, God. In this season, that there would be a marriage with business and ministry. We thank you for that Holy Spirit. There's things you don't know about yourself yet. That God's going to begin to really reveal to you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Increase, God. You getting anything, Brent? (laughs) It's making me do all the work. Is that on hell back there? Come here, buddy. I'll pray for a few more people and then we'll. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for Angel, God. I'm going to tell you what I saw when when you were up there playing whatever the bass. I saw you and you like aged. Like you look good. You're so handsome. But in the spirit, you look like you were... Like 40 years older. I said, what in the world happened on here? It looks like me now. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on right now, but it's caused you to have to grow up very quickly. And I just see the hand of God saying, my son, my son, my son, my son, my son. And so, Lord, I thank you right now, even as I lay hands and he hears your voice, that you're breaking up false expectations. And there's things that God's placed in your heart that you burn for that are real dreams from God that, that are getting resurrected in this season. They're getting resurrected in this season. So Holy Spirit, I thank you right now as I'm praying for you and you're Hispanic, so it's probably not hard to feel this. All of us, we, we have concern for our moms, but I feel mom strong on your heart. And so Lord, we bless mom We just bless mom. And we just pray in Jesus' name that your presence would just saturate her wherever she is and encounter her, God. And we just thank you for Angel, Lord. And I'm asking you, Jesus, even in the season that you would bring friends that just want to play video games with them. I'm being as as serious as I was with any other words. I'm being. I feel like that the, the Lord is really wanting to say, it's time to play a little bit. And so, Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name. Like God is so fun and He's so playful, and you are very playful. 
And I just see God giving you that back. So I thank you that you're restoring his youth, God. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for him, Lord. Whew. Well. <sighs> Brent was supposed to be praying with me for people. but <laughs> Come here, Justin. I just want to pray for you. Don't worry. I just have a gentle rebuke. That's not true. Lord, I thank you for <clears throat> Justin. Justin, on the way here, I started, again, I was really praying for the church, praying for your family, and I, I just remembered your family, and I remembered you. I don't know how old you were. It was probably five years ago, and you would, you would always bless me financially. And I, I don't, I've never had like a 14-year-old kid so into my ministry. And so, God, I just thank you, and I just want to lay hands on him, Lord. And I'm going to pray something for you. I'm not sure I ever prayed for anyone, but I really feel it from the Lord. Like, there's a story of you know, the widow who, she just served the man of God. Remember that story? And finally, I think it was Elijah or Elisha, one of the two, and he said, he said, ask her what she wants. And she wanted a son, Remember? And I just feel like you have served your father, the ministry, just others, your family so well. And I feel like you're in a season where the Lord is saying, ask me what you want. And at times that's actually harder than God telling you what he wants. I really believe that. He's saying, what do you want, Justin? What do you want? You're so responsible. And your heart thinks very much in that responsibility, in that career-mindedness. But I, I feel like the Lord is saying, what do you want? So, Lord, I thank you. And it's not like, God, tell me what to want. You know, sometimes we pray that. God, just give me the desire and I'll pray for it. I, I feel like it's legit. What do you want? So, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you trust Justin. His heart is pure. His mind is pure. His motives are pure. And Lord, you're generally asking him in this season of his life, what do you want? You want to co-labor with him. So we just thank you right now, Father. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, just a reaping of all that he's sown, even in his age. A reaping, a reaping, a reaping, a reaping, a reaping. And Lord, I'm asking you as I lay hands on him that the prophetic anointing would increase. Lord, let it increase. If anybody should receive a double portion of what his dad carries, it should be his own son. Lord, I'm asking in Jesus' name, even now, for the unlocking of the revelatory realm of angels, encounters, the seer dimension. Lord, I'm asking for it right now. Just enough. My faith is at a million percent right now. I prayed for so many people that their eyes would be open. I've had some of the most amazing testimonies of them going, I never saw you laid hands on me, I started to see. And I pray, God, right now as I lay hands on Justin, Lord, just the seer dimension would unlock. Father, in a whole nother level, God. Shh. Ooh, you're hungry. I, I see you like starving for the bread, like the voice of God in your life. Like you, you, you cry out to hear his voice. And so, Lord, I thank you right now 
I feel like at times you, you think to yourself, you know, I want to do ministry, but I'll do like helps, you know. I'm like a helps guy. <laughs> it's like the Lord's laughing, like. God, I thank you that with one touch, you can transform him overnight into a preacher like Judas Smith. With one touch. So continue to burn, continue to press in, but there really is a, a preaching anointing, and you, you may not feel like that right now, the nervousness, all that stuff, but I'm telling you, God is, is burning within you a message and a fire. And so, God, we just thank you that you're doing so much in his heart that he's not even aware of. Just bless, 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 bless. In Jesus' name, I want to pray one more thing. And I was getting something, and I feel like it is for this house, but I kept feeling a tri-generational blessing. And the last time I was here, there wasn't that many young people. There was, but not as many. Man, last night was packed out. And it's not just about young people. It's about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations running together. And I really believe that what God is doing here is about three generations. I know that sounds so simple. As the Lord began to speak to me, I was like, oh, that's cool. But the tri-generational blessing to me is about legacy. It's about succession. It's about inheritance. When something is built just on one generation, it dies when that person dies. What God is building here is about their children's children. So, Father, we thank you that you are building a foundation that will last. I just, I was ready to be done, and then I I've got one. This little girl in the back with your hands open, yeah. Would you stand? I was going to be finished, and then I... I just saw you and like I should pray for you. Can you stand next to her, Stacey? Lord, I thank you for this woman, God. I thank you for her hunger to hear your voice. Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I see you like that story of Jesus where they're in the wilderness and the enemy's trying to tempt him. And yet the Lord, in the midst of being hungry and tired, he won And I just want to make a declaration over you that you're coming out of a wilderness season and you've embraced the word like that's all you've had is the word. And so, God, I thank you right now that you're going to come out. That passage says in the power of the spirit. And I actually see a supernatural power resting over your emotions. I just want to I just want to declare over you that that whatever's just you've come out of, you've learned how to really understand the way you're wired and I really feel like the Lord is, is, is helping you navigate this emotional realm. So God, I just thank you for confidence, for boldness. Some people are going to say to you like, how did you overcome so quickly? Did you ever even care? Like, I'm telling you, God has healed you. Supernatural healing. It's, it, for you, it's not going to be this three, year, 20 years. Oh, it's, it's just his power. You know why? Because the perspective. I, I just feel like 
Something has happened and the Lord has touched your mind and you have a whole different perspective on things. Lord, I thank you for a Caleb spirit. The Bible says Caleb had a different spirit. When others are feeling victimized, when others are feeling depressed, when others are feeling sad, you're like, there's big grapes. There must be a promise for us. So God, I thank you that you've created her like a warrior. But I, I really feel the Lord is going to use you to help walk people through toxic emotions. It's not really funny, but they're laughing. I, you know how weird it is when you're prophesying and you don't know anything, and they're like, ah, ah, ah. It's hard to not feel a little insecure sometimes, you know? I'm just, I'm really kidding. Father, thank you for joy. Thank you for joy. Thank you for joy. Lord, I, I mean it. Right now, God, I thank you for joy. Joy has been your weapon. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. There is going to be a restoration of real estate. We just release right now, not just a home, but homes. Lord, whatever's been stolen, whatever's been taken away, Lord, it's, it's almost as if it's not even worth fighting for. Because what God has is so much better. <laughs> Jesus, you, you, it's like heaven's excited for you. And, and, it, and it's almost like in your heart, you're like, devil, you mess with the wrong person. So Lord, we just thank you right now whoo, for just a, like a, man, I don't even know what to say. I just, more, God, more. <laughs> All right, I'm getting a little drunk in the spirit. I'm getting drunk in the spirit and you guys are hurting my feelings. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> For uh, the amazing thing is some of you aren't aware of everything that's going on and that's totally okay because actually it's fun to be prophetic when you're unaware of everything that's going on and how a word to an individual can sound quite heavy, yet the people that know her very closely are laughing. <laughs> and I just have to say that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And sometimes we just need to actually force for joy. Fight for that joy. Um, you guys have no idea. I'm getting drunk, I'll be honest with you, standing here, so. And some of you are blank staring at me. Just trust us. Trust us right now, okay? Um, and if you weren't called out, just celebrate the words that were given. One thing that we, we really push and teach is when someone is receiving a word, that we need to celebrate their receiving a word to such a level that we actually get drawn in to the word through our celebration, our rejoicing that they are receiving. And I don't know everyone that's here. I know many of you, but I know one thing. There's one group that really, really needed a word, and they got words today, and 
And I connected with these guys in December of last year after one of the most devastating things that you could think of happened in the church. And we're coming to the one-year anniversary of that devastation. This is, it's, it's literally in October. And to watch this group, this church, this leadership team walk through what they've had to walk through, most close the doors, shut down, and many will never come back to God. But let me tell you something. Not this group. And not that lady that just got the last word. <laughs> and I'm not going to go into any detail whatsoever, but let me tell you one thing. No matter what devastation happens, God always is looking for the people that want to be in victory. No matter what. You could go through a divorce, an affair, all sorts of issues and problems, relational, hurting the church, whatever. Man, a man or a woman might fall around you. Maybe a pastor that you've been a part of has fallen into sin. But I will, I will guarantee you one thing. That when a prophet comes into the house that does unaware. I sat down because I know most and I could prophesy many things. And, and yes, I, both Ivan and I travel internationally. And we've learned, I'm, I've learned to turn off my knowing you to be able to prophesy over my own congregation. But if you notice, I do it less and less. If you travel with me, we prophesy a whole lot more. Because familiarity in the prophetic, for some reason, seems to disqualify our human understanding that is truly from God. It'd kind of be like saying the disciples could have never received a prophetic word from Jesus. And it drives me insane that we in the church, and I was one of them for years, when a prophet would prophesy, if someone in our own who knew me would prophesy over me, and I at first thought, so well, you already knew that. But what we're actually teaching in saying that with that understanding or belief structure is we're actually telling the devil that I'm actually free access to my prophetic understanding. Listen to what I'm saying. Well, hold it, he knew me, he already knows me, so that word he gave, he already knew. Or someone had told him that word. What we're doing is that unbelief opens access up to the door that the enemy, the devil who cannot prophesy, because he actually doesn't know anything about you, he knows his future, but he doesn't have the ability to know your future, he only knows your patterns. And so if we let unbelief come in, what we're doing is we're opening the door to the pattern of the enemy to be able to speak to us through bad prophets because they're going to pick up the same thing the enemy has already seen happen. So what I'm saying is if we don't have a heart of a belief structure, of trust, then what we have is a heart of distrust. And we will never be able to prophesy over people that we already know. But Jesus, who he spoke mostly about, he spoke and prophesied over more people he knew than ones he didn't. And I want us to get into a culture 
where, yes, we teach prophecy as encouraging and exhorting. Absolutely, what Ivan and I are talking about is prophetic. And, of course, we encourage and we exhort. Well, we can encourage and exhort each other. That's no problem. We love, who wants to be encouraged and exhorted? But to give a word of knowledge over somebody that you already know, it takes a lot more strength. And I believe that the Lord is ready to start testing us, checking us out on whether or not we believe that his word can be spoken clearly through people that we already know. It's a big thing. Because I believe Canada has one of the greatest prophetic destinies of a nation. It's been prophesied over and over again. But yet Canada is the one country that has hammered the gift that I carry more than any other of the 45 countries that I minister in, my own country. And I'm here to say, "Uh uh-uh. Because God has a destiny for this nation. And he is, we have had over and over, I minister, you know, throughout the United States, and we'll get over and over, wow, we're waiting for Canada to come into our destiny because it's going to flow south over the border. Over and over, I get that prophetic word. Well, how do we start walking in our destiny? It's choice. But just remember, unbelief opens the door to the enemy. And when we open the door to the enemy, he cannot truly prophesy like a prophetic word of knowledge, I don't believe the devil has the ability to give you a word of knowledge. But what happens, and Ivan triggered me on it and I wrote it down, what happens is that we, when, when you learn how to be attracted to the prophetic, and what you say, well, why do some people just get called out all the time? Well, one, they truly are being called out by the Lord. I look at my son, I look at some of the people here. But two, they, they, they have an ability to almost speak in the supernatural realm that is attractive to the supernatural. But the thing is, is that same attractiveness can also be attracted by the wrong side of the supernatural, the enemy. And so we have to watch how we actually portray in the spiritual realm. I'm going to talk more on it tonight. Because I feel that there is something so clear that God wants us to move into an experience. And I believe that something is going to shift and start tonight, today, last night, tomorrow. And it's important. So the enemy, again, I'm not a big, I'm not going to be preaching this whole thing right now because we're going to wind up. We have to, I truly believe, and maybe it's not a good theology, but I do not believe, I believe the devil lost any prophetic edge he had when he was disobedient to to God. He tried to become greater than God. So he doesn't know, he knows your destiny if you don't serve the devil. He knows your destiny, it's going to be heaven and life eternity. He knows that because that's what the Bible says. He knows the Bible so well. But what happens is we start thinking and processing, like Ivan said, and we start to trigger something in the atmosphere where you can actually get the same word over and over again. It's your desire, but it might not be the will of the Lord. And we have to be careful. So what we really need to hear is the will of the Lord, what his desire is for us. And through that, we start to recognize his voice over a man or a woman's voice. 
And a man or a woman's voice brings confirmation to the word that the Lord has already given to us. But we have to be so, so careful that we, if we hear the same word over and over again by trusted prophets, but it's not what we want, and we wait until or we manipulate the word until we hear what we want, well, the enemy has the ability to hear that as well because he will see our actions and reactions. And so I want to make sure that we don't stay camped out on a word of our desire waiting for the confirmation when the Lord might speak something that's not your desire yet, but obedience to the word the Lord speaks will actually bring the ultimate desire in your life. Does that make sense? So let's, we're going, to shut, we're going to shut down here now, but let's enter into, into prayer and worship. I, when I say worship, I'm ta- not talking about music right now. The lifestyle of a worshiper. That if we can start preparing, take what Ivan said, that teaching was, was mind-boggling. It's amazing. Phenomenal. And you know what? I sit in the room with the big prophets and all the names and everything, and we're going back and forth, and, and we're talking about the supernatural. We're talking about the angels and the angelic that we see and all this and that. And, and, and you know, when two start to operate together, I, I said to my wife, did he just prophesy something about singing? Because all I saw, I just wanted to say, your voice, your voice, your voice. And this microphone in front of her face. And then he starts prophesying about this stuff. You know, it's, it's a confirmation that, that we're supposed to bring together into people's lives. Not division. When we start prophesying and it's divisional, let, let, me, let me get real clear here. What covenant are you still working in? He's called us into the new covenant. The only division that we're actually called to speak into is actually what the two-edged sword Jesus Christ came to do. And that was from good and evil, the division. He didn't actually come to, to gray the line. He didn't come to say, oh, you know what, we can accept this bit of a sin right now because, yeah, come on, it's 2018. Mm-mm. It was black and white. You're for me or against me, says the Lord. And so I want to go after the company that's for him. That there is no wishy-washy. It's like we can get past this wishy-washy. Let's go after the fullness of what he's called us into. Amen?